guys, are you afraid to get engaged? Don't be. Christmas time is romantic. Christmas is the season to ask that beautiful girl the question. Can you find it in your heart to be my wife? Remember what the angel said to Joseph. Don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. Engagement, marriage. These are things that you should not be afraid of. Really what you need to be afraid of is the possible alternatives to staying single. Guys, staying single could potentially lead you to gaining 400 pounds and living in your mother's basement, playing video games, and eating Cheetos. Girls, it can lead to you waiting for your parents to die so you can take over their house, wear the same dingy house coat every day, eat nothing but soup, and breed cats. You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider subscribing, giving a great review and rating, and tell somebody about Spirit Signal. Contact me at spiritsignaljg at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, and Parlor, all at Justin C. Gleason. Reference the episode notes for more details. Podcasting is the future. Do you feel like you need guidance and support? I recommend you contact Yes Life Matters at 913-378-8794. Yes Life Matters offers faith-based counseling, assistance in resolving issues and conflicts, guidance through healing and forgiveness, life coaching, counseling for blended families, grief counseling, financial consulting, and mentoring. The holidays tend to bring out discouragement, depression, and dysfunction. Don't turn to drugs, alcohol, porn, or suicide this holiday season. Contact Yes Life Matters at 913-378-8794 and tell them Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason sent you. Me, I'll be just I want to pick up and read from the Holy Word of God right where we left off last week from the book of Matthew, chapter number one, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus, Jesus Christ, was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Marriage in the Bible days is a little bit different than how we do it here, at least in the United States of America, in the year 2020. Back then, most marriages were arranged by their parents, and they would often do it when their children were very young, sometimes when they were just infant babies. They had special connections to uh, friends, families in the community of Israel, and uh, mothers and fathers would sit down with other fathers and mothers and make an agreement uh, for their son to marry their daughter. Notice I said son and daughter. That's the biblical foundation of husband and wife. And uh, these little children would grow up together as children and as teenagers, and they would know, I am promised to this person, or I am betrothed to this person, or espoused in some Bible translations. This is how they did it for centuries, and they really had uh, little to no divorce uh, because of this. And uh, I'm not saying we should go back to that, but one thing that I I think is really nice about the parents doing this is that it takes a lot of the awkward pressure off of the son and the daughter. It does take a lot of awkward pressure off of this. Now, now this could be now this situation could be bad. It could actually create a lot of pressure, especially if you have never met the person that the marriage uh, that your parents arranged a marriage with. You're you're a girl. You have never met the man you're about to marry. Uh, until you get up there in front of everybody and, and uh, uh, he, he's standing right there uh, in front of the person officiating the wedding. You've never met them and you're about to get married to them and spend the rest of your life with them. Uh, I know they do that in, <laughs> in uh, some nations, some countries, and I believe in some places it's really nice. It really works, but uh, nobody really likes that kind of surprise. Nobody really wants to be forced or thrown into something uh, like that. But if it's done right, parents, you have a good relationship with your children. You build trust with them. And as they get older, the love and trust that they have with you, your children just naturally believe my parents have always made good decisions for me growing up. Uh, They fed me. They clothed me. They helped me. They educated me. They made me smart. They raised me in the truth. They raised me and trained me in the way that I should go. And uh, the marriage that they picked out for me long ago, it's got to be good, right? You know, so that's just kind of how the way it was. Well, uh, you had Joseph. It would have been his father, Jacob, his father, Jacob, reading to you from the genealogy of Joseph in Matthew one. This Jacob, Joseph's father, would have gone to a man by the name of Heli. Heli was Mary's father taken from the genealogy found in the book of Luke. And this Jacob would have talked to Heli and made an agreement. My little Joseph is a good man. I am training him to be a very skilled carpenter. You know, back then, carpenters were not uh, makers of wood. They don't really have a lot of timber in uh, Israel. Even to this day, there's not a lot of timber. Now, they, they had some. They did a little bit here and there with wood. But back then, that time, in that area of the world, carpenters... That Greek word uh, carpenter in the New Testament is tekton, and it doesn't mean a woodworker, but rather a worker of stone. They would have cut out stone. 
And this uh, Jacob would have said to Heli, my son is an excellent mason. He can cut out stone. Uh, he's going to build magnificent buildings, and he's always going to have a great career. Uh, we attend the synagogue faithfully. My, my son has uh, never known another woman. Uh, my, my son, uh, I will keep a close eye upon him. He will love your beautiful daughter, Meraim, Meraim, Mary, uh, all the days of her life. He will take care of her. He will always provide shelter for her. He will always provide clothing for her. He will always provide food for her. And of course, he will give her what every little girl wants, and that is to be a mommy someday. He will give her children. And Heli would uh, then uh, state his terms on what he expects, and they would name a price, and a payment would be made. And then the father and the son would begin to work on building a place for him and his wife, uh, usually an added-on building from from the house there. That's how uh, families did it, and uh, it it appeared to work. It was a very uh, functional society of husbands, wives, children, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins and all of that so that's how they did it that's how they did it and you look there in the scripture matthew is very careful to give us details that joseph never knew mary he wanted to make sure that the reader understands that jesus came from heaven and not from joseph jesus is not of the seed of joseph only the seed of mary the seed of the woman as prophesied in the book of genesis and isaiah being the virgin who would then conceive but the Holy Ghost provided the conception for the Lord Jesus, not Joseph. You know, it, it, it says that Joseph was just a just man. He was a just man, meaning he never fornicated. And Mary had the favor of the Lord upon her. She never fornicated either. They obeyed the law of God, which is, which is what attracted the just spirit to be put in Joseph's heart and the favor of the Lord, which rested upon her life. You know, when I was about 17, I when I was 17, I never had a girlfriend, never was serious about it. I, I kind of observed it. Uh, oh, some good coffee. I observed it in my early teens that teenagers who would date really get involved with somebody. Their lives were a disaster. You know, when you're a teenager, very impulsive, you do and say stupid things. Dating is the last thing you need. And really, you'd see it at school. Yeah, and then I'd see it at church, you know. You go to youth convention, you go to camp, you go to wherever to get a girlfriend. And it wasn't because you were in love. It wasn't because you were seeking for a healthy relationship. But rather, you dated simply to look cool. It looked cool to be dating. And nowadays, you have to have it on your social media that on your status, you're in a relationship. You know, the dreaded single is something to loathe. It's like ultimate despair to have that on your profile, to be single or, uh, you know, it's complicated or things like that. But I'm in a relationship. I'm finally in a real relationship, a healthy relationship. I, I didn't buy into that. I figured out that game long ago. I thought I'd rather be single, happy, and drama-free than be in a relationship and be really stressed out. And, and really messed up because that's what happens. You know, teens, they, they get to dating. They get to doing things they shouldn't be doing. They try to act like adults. They're not. And then they break up and then, ha! Huh! I mean, their emotions are wrecked almost as if they were divorce. 
But I would pray about marriage. I would pray about engagement and dating and all of that. And around the age of 17, I I didn't know it at the time, but I was hearing from God. I just looked at it as I had a sense from God at that time. But I had a sense at age 17, I would be married about 10 years from then. I always kind of knew it. Around the age of 27 or in my late 20s, I would get married. Now, growing up in the 90s, being a 90s kid in the age of grunge and alternative rock, you know, age 27 can be very scary. You know, you think about the 27 Club. I'm talking about the death curse that's on a lot of celebrities that died mysteriously, tragically. Some of them, uh, you know, that we believe we know the reason, most of it related to drugs and suicide, you know, all of those things uh, that the world has to offer. The 27 Club, celebrities dying at 27. Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, uh, the the Gene Michael, whoever, uh, the Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, all of those people died at age 27. It's it's almost like uh, it's a curse. Well, I formed my new club, the Blessed 27 Club, and it's getting married at age 27. And I bet there's quite a few of you here that are listening that are older. You got married around age 27. It's a perfect age. Typically, you've finished school or you're about to finish school. Uh, you've had enough time to enjoy being single. Uh, you're, you're ready to finally uh, move on in life. You've got a little bit of money saved up. You're able to have your own car. You're able to get your own apartment. You're able to do this or that. You're kind of, you know you know, established as an adult. That's just the way it works here in our culture in the United States of America. Between 25 and 30, in my most humble opinion, is a perfect time for a man or woman to get married. Now, of course, you can be uh, 17, I think, in some states. Uh, you could be 57 and get married. You could be 97 and get married. Uh, it really doesn't It do, doesn't matter. You know, there, there there's freedom of choice in a lot of these things. Uh, consult your pastor and consult your parents. I know some of you are listening to this. You're like, oh my word, I hope my parents don't listen to this and they try to arrange a marriage for me. Well, (laughs) believe me, I'm not saying do that. I'm not saying, uh, I'm not recommending that. But if you've been listening to me for a while, you know, we, this is a a topic that we, that we bring up a lot and that is healthy relationships. My advice to you is you don't need your parents arranging anything for you, but rather you need the accountability and the counsel of your parents in this. Do you want to get married the right way? Keep your parents in the loop. Keep your siblings in the loop. Keep your friends in the loop. Keep your pastor in the loop. Because they're going to see red flags that you don't. They're going to see things that you don't. Because when you're truly in love, uh, love is blind. That's a true statement. And thank God for that. Because you need to be blinded to the imperfections of the other person. That's why a lot of people right now in the apostolic church aren't married. Uh, they don't want to be blind. They want to see everything. They're, they're putting that person under a microscope and asking all of these uh, crazy questions about this person, wanting to get all up in their business. And if they see one minor thing that they don't like, oh, it's breakup. Let's call it off. Never have a date ever again. Well, all of those fears, you know what it leads to. Uh Cheetos, video games in your mama's basement, the soup and the cats and the house coat, all of that. Uh, I'm being funny. 
You know, one thing that I, I that uh, I never thought would happen is the quality of humor that comes out on this podcast. You know, I, t- I talk on this podcast in a way I would never talk in the pulpit or never talk uh, in, in a one on one meeting with somebody. But it's just me, my microphone, the wall, my Bible, my books, my cup of coffee. And I can talk any way I want to talk. And a lot of people like it. They love the sarcasm. They love the satire. All of that. It's just a fun way to communicate and get a message across. And if any of these things offend you, you know what to do. Listen to it again and let it offend you some more. But I'm here talking to you today about the Christmas season and getting a wife and having children with her is is noble. It is noble in the eyes of God, in the eyes of pastors, in the eyes of apostolic families. And I just think it's noble in society, no matter who or what you believe in. Matter of fact, I think it's the greatest thing for a man and woman to do. It is to get married, enjoy each other, and have kids. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest joy. Your wedding day is a happy day. The day your children, your son, your daughter are born, that's a beautiful day. Uh, Family is so precious. It's given to us by God to have and to enjoy and to hold. Uh, It's just the way it works. I've noticed this here in the, just observing this growing up in the church, the happiest People in the church are happy because they have a happy family. They say happy wife, happy life. No, I say happy family, happy life. Yeah, the marriage is a big part of it, all of that. But uh, people with the dysfunctional family thing going on, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a life of pain. It's a life of struggle. Family is the natural God-given unit to balance us out. Your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your siblings, your cousins, all of that. You know, it's sad when somebody has a better relationship with their cat than they do with a cousin. It's sad uh, when, when somebody has a better relationship with their goldfish than their gra- grandmother. It's just really sad when they have better relationship with their pets than their parents. Uh, it's, it's just sad. You need to be having the best relationships in your life need to be coming from your family. That's who you're going to celebrate birthdays with. That's who you'll celebrate the holidays with. Family, family, family. And of course, the best relationship for family is the relationship you have, guys, with your wife, girls, with your husband. I think this is one of the reasons this world hates Christmas. I'm talking about hate, general hate, like legit hate hate and offense at Christmas, and I don't understand it. And I think the real reasons for it uh, are hidden inside of the soul. They know they can't say it, but it's there. Oh, it's there. The truth is hiding right there in their googly leftist hippie eyes, along with all of the pot smoking. Christmas is the celebration of a just virgin man and the celebration of a favored virgin girl. Yeah, coming together not knowing each other, can't do it on their wedding day, but saving that after Jesus is born to fulfill the law of God. And the left is looking at this, at this man and woman and saying, oh, that that's, that's so wrong. That's so against the culture that we have. You see, this world would rather that you be a homosexual. This world would rather see boys be gay. This world would rather see girls be lesbians. They would not want a husband and wife to marry and have children. Oh, no, that is so back then. And and this is now, this is modern. This is progressive. You know, this is all about the diversity. Mark it down. Diversity in this world, it is code for perversity. 
They're not trying to push push race. They're trying to push gay. That's what it's all about. That's really what it is. That's what, I mean, look, I, I don't like to name names on this show, but I'm going to go and call them out. Hallmark, what is wrong with Hallmark, people? I, I mean, even I enjoyed that. Now, I'm, I'm the type of guy that uh, likes to watch superhero stuff uh, and Star Wars, Long Live the Empire. But Hallmark, I mean, I'm hearing... Uh, 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 especially the la- the ladies that I, I that I'm associated with in my family, friends, the church, whatever, and seeing it on social media, everybody is so mad at Hallmark. Why? Because they're pushing the LGBTQ agenda. They're trying to cram it down uh, our throats. And I've got to tell Hallmark, you're a profit organization. You are a for profit organization. It's not going to work. I'm sorry, but a man with a man, a lady with a lady. Uh, whoever with a whoever is not going to match up to the romance between a man and a woman. It's just not there. You're just not going to get the romance that you see with a guy getting down on his knee, putting a ring on a girl's finger. You you try you see a guy get down on a knee, try to propose to another guy. It, there's just it's just not romantic. But the world wants it to be. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And I'm not out there trying to stop anybody. I'm not hating on anybody, but what I'm saying here is there's hate coming from them to us, and they hate Christmas because it's a family holiday. It is. It sure is. I mean, you look at it now in society, this this worldly culture, they celebrate, they celebrate a man who wants to be gay. I mean, throw parties for it, coming out parties. They, 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 they celebrate a man who wants to now all of a sudden be a woman. They celebrate that. They're, they're like, you're a real man nowadays. You know, he goes in and gets the surgery, the, uh, the, the, the gender reassignment, which is sexual mutilation. You know, he cuts off pieces of himself and, and everybody claps and cheers and, and confetti is thrown. That, that is mutilation. Why are we celebrating that? That's not beautiful. That's, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not. I think it's confusion. What guy out there grows up wanting to uh, grow up looking like a like an ugly old woman? That's not peace. That's not happiness. That is a dysphoria. A man biologically cannot become a woman. It can't happen. And a lot of you may be listening to this and have those struggles and those pains. Bring them to God. God will help you with that. And a lot of times, some of us need a little bit more than what God can offer, and we need to talk to somebody about it. Talk to somebody who is safe. Let the Lord direct you to somebody to open up those struggles you have, and the Lord will help you. God will help you. You'll take on the truth and the character that God originally gave to a man and a woman. That's the problem. Nobody is born that way. Oh, no, sin in this world made you that way. Sin in this world influenced you. And made you that way. That's why the LGBTQ community is so aggressive in what they're doing. Why? Because they can't reproduce. They cannot reproduce, so they have to convert. And that's why they're going after the kids. It's always about the kids. Parents, keep an eye out who your children are around. I don't care if they're a relative or not. Keep an eye out who they're around. Keep an eye always on what's on the screen. Guard your children. Keep them innocent. Do everything that you can to keep them holy and righteous before God. But yeah, this world would rather, they'd rather a boy not not marry a girl and and live happily uh, ever after. No, they don't like that. 
you know, if, if anything, at best in this world, they want they want they don't want to see marriage. They don't like marriage. They like the the uh, uh, significant other thing. You know, a guy shacking up with a girl, not be married, no commitment, just live as you're married, but really be <laughs> the boyfriend and girlfriend thing. Uh, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? It doesn't work out. No, you can't come together without a commitment. It just won't last. So it's bad enough they're they're pushing it on little boys to be gay, dress like a woman, be a victim, and uh, don't get a job, uh, survive as a freeloader. Yeah, that's the message of this world. That's why they hate Christmas because Christmas, the message of it is, is hey, uh, people get engaged, they get married. And the hand of God is upon it. You know, if you're struggling with all of this, guys and girls, you need to read the the wisdom writings of Solomon. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon. Read it. His wife to, he calls any guy who's reading it the son. He's, he advises the son, you need to get a wife. Wife, 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 wife. That's why I, I don't call Sister G my girlfriend. I I quit calling her that on May 22nd, 2010. When we got married, she became my wife. You know, the girlfriend is who you just uh, talk on the phone to and take out on dates. But when she becomes your wife, she is now your responsibility. She now shares your name. She now bears your children. She's more than just a girlfriend. Uh, husband, stop calling your wives your girlfriend. I know you're trying to be cute and create that little puppy love that you had back in the day. But if she's just your girlfriend and you call her that, you're going to just treat her like she's your girlfriend. And when she becomes your wife, she becomes something more. And, and, and we've had to do that because marriage is a, is a sanctified institution. And we've got to call it what it is, husband and wife. But this world, like Solomon said, the world would rather you not have a wife, but rather go to a harlot. Uh, you know, don't get a wife, get, get a harlot nowadays. It's yeah. Or yeah, go out and get, you know, go find a prostitute or whatever. But you, it's a lot of days you don't even need that. Just find a good porn model that you like, uh, go find a nice friend and maybe not even be a girlfriend, but let her be the, the, the friend you have with benefits, get a significant other. No, you want to serve the Lord. You want to be Christian. You want to be Pentecostal. You want to be apostolic. Get a wife. That's right. Some of you guys this Christmas season, you need to break up with that porn model you like. You need to break up with that friends with benefits. You need to get out of the house with that significant other. You need to get a wife. It's the best decision you'll ever made. Amen. For he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You can't find a good thing anything anywhere else until... You find the wife. You see, God, in being manifested in the flesh, he wanted to come into a functional family. And that's why he chose Joseph and Mary. Not only because of Mary and her genealogy to fulfill prophecy, but you look at Joseph, he's a just man. He doesn't take the, the virginity of Mary before the time. You know, they were just good people, and that's the type of home and environment that the Lord wanted to be brought up in. It's bad enough of how crazy the world is. You can survive in this crazy world if you have a peaceful, godly family. 
You can survive in this dysfunctional world if you have a dedicated, godly family. Parents, you know, I, you know, one service that people tend to come to that sometimes they won't come to every any other service except baby dedication. Yeah, and it used to be the Christmas and Easter people. Now you just have the baby dedication people. They only come to church during baby baby dedication. They want so bad for their kids to have the blessing and favor of God upon them, but they won't come to service except on baby dedication. Parents, if that's you, you're doing it wrong. You heard it right here. You're doing it wrong. If you want your child to be dedicated to the Lord, you need to be dedicated to the Lord. Be dedicated to the house of God. You want the favor of the Lord to be upon your life, you got to start living like Mary and Joseph. That's right. Repent of your sins. Be loyal and faithful to God. And that type of loyalty and faithfulness will attract the favor of God upon you. And it will trickle down and be poured out upon your children. Joseph was just in how he treated people and how he lived his life. He kept his virginity. When he found out that Mary, his his uh, fiance, was pregnant. I mean, you think about this, guys. You hadn't seen your fiance uh, in a few weeks, and she comes back, you know, for a date, and you're like, whoa, uh, gained a little weight there. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you look nicer. Uh, yeah. Okay, but Joseph, Joseph noticed it wasn't she was just gaining weight. It wasn't just stress eating because of the wedding. Oh, no, this was the baby bump. You know, back and this is before New Testament times. This is Old Testament times. Uh, you read the law of Moses. It was, uh, I mean, it was death at times to people who would break their uh, covenant vows, uh, their espousal vows. Uh, depending on the uh, on the decision of the elders, uh, the priest, and all of that, and what the situation entitled, Joseph very well could have called for the stoning of Mary. Oh yeah, probably not. Very rare case would that ever happen. But in all reality, if they found a woman to be lewd or impure in their spirit, they would take her out into the public square and shame her so that everybody would know the shame that she has brought on herself and that engagement would be called off. I mean, it's not just a few clicks, a few clicks on your Facebook. No, they would shame them publicly because back then for a man, a woman to be virtuous, to be a virgin, that was like a big value that was valuable. That's what just men want. They don't want a girl who has slept around. They want a pure woman. They've saved themselves for her. They expect her to save herself for him. Joseph, I'm sure he was mad. I guarantee it. And hearing about an angel and whatever, you know, that's <laughs> things like that really didn't happen then. They were during the time of the famine of the word of God. It's probably very difficult for him to believe in. And I'm sure he thought about making her a public example, but he was a just man in his spirit. And he didn't want to destroy Mary's life. That's the type of love he had for her. He wanted her to be able to go on, go on with her life without being shamed. Joseph already had the heart of the New Testament. You see, the Bible teaches us that love covers sin. Meaning, if you truly love somebody, you will not expose their sin to the entire world. This is something that I did not discover and understand until later on in my life. 
You know, for a long time, I thought, oh, got to call out the sin. You know, everybody's got to know it. You know, how else can everybody learn if they don't see other people's mistakes? Oh, how wrong was I? Was I? I had to learn my lesson. And I had to humble myself and apologize to a lot of people that I hurt. And I thank God for that revelation. And God bless all of those who forgave me and were patient with me. I'm a changed man. But yeah, true love covers sin. It doesn't boast on somebody else's sin. It doesn't puff up yourself and how righteous you are and how lowly and sinful everybody else is. Oh, no. It covers sin. It covers sin. And that's what Joseph wanted to do. You know, he wanted a virgin girl. He's a virgin. That's how he wanted it. And I still believe in that to this day. You know what? Uh, marriage is a lifelong commitment. Don't marry somebody because you feel sorry for them. Definitely when it comes to virginity, guys, if you're dating a girl, you're a virgin, and you find out she's not, and you want to call it off, you are justified to do so. Just don't make a public example about it. Do it quietly. No problem. Go on with your life. Wish her the best. She wishes him the best. You need to have an understanding about this. That's not meant to shame anybody. That's not meant to guilt anybody. That is, it just is what it is. And there's just certain qualifications and standards that people can have you know, in this. You know, you're both bringing things to the table. Marriage is not about what you deserve. It's all about what you can negotiate. Girls, that's why you need to uh, keep your virginity. You want a godly man? Keep your virginity. Godly men are attracted to that. They want a wife that is only for them. They don't want to be uh, going to church and looking across the aisle, and there's a, a man that uh, already had his wife before he, before he did. You know, he goes to youth camp and sees about three or four other guys that he knows his wife slept with, you know, and they all got to praise the Lord together. And if that's you, that's fine. It's whatever you can make your peace with. But a lot of godly men do not want that because they want to be able to have a wife that has that testimony who can pass that down to their daughters and have that testimony amongst other people that we kept sin out of our lives and saved each other from marriage. That's how God designed it. And you don't need to feel shame in that at all. Matter of fact, and I wouldn't say be proud of it, but rather testify of the grace of God and his goodness in helping keeping you prepared for your wedding day and saving yourself for that person. And that's another reason why the world can't stand marriage and can't stand Christianity. It can't stand righteousness. It can't stand holiness. The world is telling the girls, oh, get out and experiment. Have fun on that college campus. Get on those apps. Go to the club. Meet somebody. Hook up. Get drunk. Get high. Have fun with the guys. Wake up the next morning with your skirt up over your head. No. You want to find the God. You want to find the favor of God on your life. Don't experiment. But instead, follow the word of the Lord. Don't try it out, but try the Spirit's. And I've got news for you. That spirit of the world will lead you straight to hell. Ladies, you want the favor of God on your life? Live like Mary did. Keep your virginity. Give it to the man that saved himself for you on your wedding day. That's the favor of the Lord. That's what is just. But Joseph here, finding out that Mary's pregnant, uh, he had a lot of fear about it. 
And while he thought about how do I do this? How do I, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass her father and mother. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want her to be embarrassed. I don't want the whole village to hate us for the rest of our lives. You know, what do I do? It says, while he thought on these things, an angel appeared to him in a dream. I wonder if Joseph really wasn't asleep at night, but rather a dream fell upon him and he had a vision in broad daylight, perhaps that could have been. That's that's happened to me. That's probably what happened there. The angel of the Lord picks up on Joseph's fear. Let me tell you this something about angels. They hate fear. They can sense it and know it. Fear is um, an emotion that is displeasing to the Lord. Really what fear is, it's confidence in the devil. Fear is opposite of what God is. God works off faith. And that's how angels work. They don't work on fear, but they work on the impulse of faith. That's how they do it. They don't want to know what's impossible. They want to know with what is possible with God. They hate the fear. And they'll tell you, do not be afraid. And you see that in many, many instances in the Bible when the angels would manifest and they would curse the fear that was upon somebody. And he said, Joseph, you have fear. You believe in things that are not real. Fear is usually confidence in something that is false. This angel had to instruct him that Mary is a pure woman. She is not lewd in her spirit. You don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of having competition now with another man or raising another man's child. You are afraid of things that are not real. You're afraid of things that are not true. Mary, what she tells you, it is real. This dream and this angel manifesting, it was a sign from God. And if it were not for this sign, this spiritual signal from God, yeah, Joseph would have walked away. This is the beginning of Joseph and Mary's marriage. It had angels. It had spiritual dreams. It had signs from God. And that is how my marriage began, and that is how I recommend your marriage begins. And I believe in listening to this podcast the study of the word and prayer and live in a holy life, you will attract the signs of God, the signals of the spirit, the angels of the Lord. That's really what you need if you want to get married God's way. You got to have supernatural things surrounding it. It can't just be the flesh, but it's got to be a God thing. I want to read to you a portion from the book Heaven to Earth by Pastor Anthony Mangan. He's ta- he writes about how his parents, G.A. and Vesta Mangan, met, dated, and got married. And it's just so special, and it touched my heart. I want to read it to you. It says, In those days, if one church in the area had an evangelist, many of the other churches would join them for services. So it was in this series of meetings. My father was evangelizing. And he met, while he was evangelizing in these meetings, my mother, a beautiful 17, whoa, 17, come on now, that's a prophetic pattern. They were 17, I was 17 when the Lord talked to me. But he met a beautiful 17-year-old girl named Vesta Lane Gibson. The meeting was the stuff of destiny. And the subsequent days, weeks, and months were the kind of courtship only God could orchestrate. My dad was fascinated by the young lady who came into the building and worked the room. 
touching and smiling, connecting with everyone, especially the elders. It might have might as well been love at first sight. When it came time for my father to move on to the next revival, he asked my mother perhaps they could write letters to one another. She agreed. Mother remembers this about their exchange of letters. There was no romance. It was just how many had received the Holy Ghost. How many had been baptized in Jesus' name. How the revival was going. And be sure to pray. Then those letters began to express a special request he wanted us to pray about. Eventually, my father proposed marriage. My mother accepted, and they were married. From that point forward, they were about the work of the kingdom and ever giving themselves to prayer and fasting. It was not just something they taught. It was something they lived. Wow. That right there, the marriage of brother and sister G.A. Mangan. That is a spirit signal type marriage. They met in church. Brother G.A. Mangan noticed how kind Sister Vesta was to everybody in the church service, especially the older people. That's usually a sign of virtue, guys. You see a girl who's very kind to older people, takes time to talk to older people. That's a good sign. That's a good woman. And you look at that, their relationship didn't begin on romance. It began on talking about church and talking about revival, and they wrote letters. I still believe in letters. That's how I communicated to uh, Sister G when we were dating. Yeah, a lot of phone calls and a lot of texts, but we wrote letters, old-fashioned letters. It's, it's sweet and special. It's a physical copy of the feelings you have for that person, and I recommend you save every letter. Yeah, r- guys, write her a letter. Put a squirt of your cologne in that letter and maybe include a gift card to anthropology. That'll get her attention. Woo. But yeah, write about church. Talk about church. Talk about what was preached. Those are easy ways to break the ice in dating. You know, some of you, maybe you're going to a banquet this Christmas for, at the youth group or the Bible college or whatever. And you don't know what to talk about. Talk about church. It's easy to talk about church. Talk about the Bible. Start talking about it. Well, it worked for the Mangans. Mm. It's a great book, by the way, Heaven to Earth by Anthony Mangan. I love this book. He signed this copy for me. It's a treasure to me. Great book. But yeah, you want a spirit signal marriage? It needs to be built upon God. Okay. So guys, are you afraid? Are you thinking about breaking up with her? Guys, are you engaged right now to her? Are you thinking about calling off this engagement? Do you fear she's not the one? You've dated this long, and now it's time to make a decision, but you have fear. You need to talk to God. That's right. Whenever you start thinking crazy thoughts to yourself, you can't sleep at night, all of these questions, and you feel fear, do you think that's coming from God? Yeah, God sometimes gives us warnings. God sometimes throws up red flags. Sometimes God rebukes. He does all of these things. But God never sends the spirit of fear. God has never given us the spirit of fear, but it's of love and of a sound mind. And if you got fear about her, those thoughts are coming from the devil. The devil knows the destiny that you have with her. That's what he tried to do with Joseph. That was the devil talking to him. 
And it took an angel from the Lord to appear into Joseph's subconscious to guide him that that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Marry her. Don't be afraid of it. Sure, life may not be perfect, but you'll have the peace of God. And that's greater than anything that this world can ever offer. Guy, you need to talk to God about her. Day after day after day. And if you feel the fear, mark it down. That's the voice of the devil. And if you feel fear about marrying her, then you need to believe the exact opposite. Sometimes you can find out the will of God through what the devil is saying. Whatever the devil is saying, believe the opposite. And that's how you can find God. I know that through experience. I sure do. Whenever I need to make a decision, I go up and personally find out carnal people and I ask them about things. I did it with this election. (laughs) I've done it with a lot of social issues. I've done it with some decisions. And I find out what the carnal person says and I can say, oh, thank you. God bless you. Have a nice day. And uh, I go and do the exact opposite and and, and walking in the will of God. You need to do that. What are the spiritual people saying to you about your relationship? Do they like you and her together? If they do, that's a good sign. You look at what the carnal and the gossipers and the other schmucks out there are saying. If they don't like it, they're always negative about you and her. You know what? Cancel them out. You go ahead and get married and let them be single and 400 pounds and the Cheetos and the, and the, and the cats and all that. All right, guys? I see it everywhere. There's big sales on rings right now. You need to go and get a ring. Get the ring she likes. Don't surprise her with something she doesn't like. Believe me, she's been thinking about that ring ever since she was a little girl. Find out what ring she likes. If she tells you, you you've got it. She's got that. She's telling you. She just told you yes. Some of you are worried if she's going to say yes or not. Why don't you go ahead and make it easy on yourself and say, hey, what ring do you want? Send me a screenshot of it. And then in secret, go and get that ring. Now, if you're a part of the WTF, uh, don't do the ring. Do the watch. Do the real nice watch, you know, uh, because there's a major difference in a small ring and a big fancy watch, you know, from the from the ring finger to the wrist. You know, we understand that. we got to have holiness rules, okay? So, yeah, guys, you're, you're part of that. Go, go get that massive watch that's so much bigger than a ring because a massive silver gold watch is so much holier than a ring. Okay? All right? Okay, take her to dinner then. After dinner, drive her to the most beautiful spot in town, overlooking the city lights, overlooking the most beautiful cow pasture, overlooking the most beautiful whatever, and propose. Tell her she's amazing. Tell her she's the one, the only one. God sent her to you. You were lost. You were alone. But like Adam, God said, go to sleep and let me bring her to you. And tell her, God brought you to me. And if you will marry me, if you can find it in your heart to say, yes, I'll be the greatest husband I can be. And guys, I'm telling you right now, if you're not a crier, you're going to cry in that moment. And yeah, you're going to stumble over your words. And if you don't cry and stumble over your words, there may be something wrong with you. (laughs) Don't fight back those tears. She needs to see them. She needs to know that it's truly coming from your heart. I'm a talker. I can talk anywhere at any time to anybody. 
I've just been given the gift to gab. But you better believe when I got down to propose, everything that I wanted to say, I stumbled over my words. I sobbed because of how much I loved Sister G. I'll never forget September 25th, 2009, being around the corner of her house, 5.30 in the morning. It's pitch black outside. I had the ring. I had a dozen roses and I had a really nice purse to give her. Sister G thought she was going to get in her car and drive to Kansas City that morning and spend the weekend with me. But oh no, I was around the corner waiting for her. I had already gotten the blessing from her pastor and from her father, and I was going to surprise her. And she drove around the corner and there I was. She stopped, got out of the car, couldn't believe I was there, and I got down on my knee and I asked her to marry me. <laughs> we were then married May 22nd, 2010. Ah, oh, that was a special time. God did it. God brought us together. And he wants to do it for you too. Christmas is romantic. It's the perfect time of the year to tell that special girl how you really feel. I want to say to you ladies, what about you do you fear? What fear do you have like Mary? What do you fear about yourself that is misunderstood by others, your family, your church, and specifically the guy you're dating? What about you does he misunderstand? Maybe there's uh, questions about your purity. Somehow through gossip of the past, People have said things about you that aren't real, and it's created a an unjust reputation for yourself. You need to seek the Lord. Has God given you, lady, a word about your future child? He can. Maybe you're a girl, and God gave you a word in your teen years about a future child you would have. You're not dating, you're not engaged, let alone married, and you're already getting words about a future child that's not even born yet. And it doesn't even seem possible, and you don't know what to do with that prophetic word. You know what you need during this time of maybe being misunderstood or having promises that don't even seem like they could ever be fulfilled? You know what you need? The protection of the angels. You sure do. Read 1 Corinthians 14, keep your hair long. Stay submitted to the men in your life. And you better believe God will give that man understanding of just how special and wonderful you really are. And the Lord will fulfill his promise that he gave to you over your child. This Christmas, don't fear what can go wrong. Have faith in what can go right. I'm Justin C. Gleason. I approve of everything I just said.